Hello and welcome to Behind the Lashes with me, Joanna Lee. In this series, I'm going to be speaking to lash artists from around the globe. I want to know what makes them tick and also how they're surviving C19. This evening, I am back to speak to Katie Godfrey to see how the news has grabbed her. Katie, the last time we spoke, you were in a very anxious frame of mind. The two weeks prior had not been good. What on earth has this done to your head? <laughs> well, obviously, yesterday, we, not yesterday, last week, we found out that we're not allowed to open and we don't know when we're going to open. And that just, I think, well, it completely freed me and I think it can throw everyone. It's yeah. like, what is going on? This week I feel a little bit more, not calmer, because obviously we haven't got a clue when we're going back, but I'm just kind of like, oh, that whole process of it's out of our hands again. Yeah, I know. And and I I was cross initially, but I was quite encouraged by the words that I was trying to sort of read between the lines. And it did sound as if they were getting us back as quickly as possible. But then with things like Leicester locking down the, you know, there are pockets of the virus, you know, surging up again. And it just makes me think, you know, Saturday, they're going to be opening the pubs and all of those other loosening of lockdown will be allowed we could easily not open as quickly as I was thinking. No, I mean, I've got my fingers and everything crossed for, I don't know why I've got in my head two weeks after the hairdresser's open. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously I keep on seeing about being open before the end of July, which I kind of got my head around. But if different parts of the country are going into lockdown. I think it's only going to be a matter of time until we're all in lockdown again. I know. Because how, how can they manage people not coming out of that town? Oh, well, I was listening to LBC tonight and, you know, they had like shop owners on that are just like gutted that are closing their businesses. They were planning to, you know, open on Saturday and everyone was looking forward to getting back to some kind of semblance of normality. And then this has happened and, and they're saying, but lots of people are not taking any notice of it and they will not and they will ignore the lockdown and carry on, you know as if they weren't in lockdown. And that is the issue, isn't it? And this is what's going to happen now that we're coming out of lockdown. All we have is find the people that have been in contact, i.e. track and trace, test them, and then isolate, you know, those pockets of people that need to be isolated. But I'm really fearful because I just think that people have had enough. And I've spoken to friends of mine, they go, oh yeah, well, my phone's going to be isolating. Do you know what I mean? You know, they'll leave their phone at home and then off they'll go. I mean, but if that isn't adhered to and we don't isolate when we need to, we're going to be in national lockdown. And I don't think our economy is going to cope or our mental health. Yeah, I definitely don't think the economy is going to help. I think if we go into national lockdown again, what are the government going to give us now? Because surely they've rinsed all angles. Yeah. And I just think everyone is so fed up with it that everyone is starting to go out and have parties and all of that. 
I think if there's a lockdown, I think some, most people are just going to rebel against it. Mm. As bad as that is. And I just don't know about this whole track and trace app. Like, one, I don't really trust it. It's and not it's even working yet, is it? It's not working yet, is it, that app? I mean, I've seen it on my phone, but I wasn't aware that it was actually a thing yet. All I've heard is I don't is that... really want to be tracked as far as I'm concerned. Well, no, I get it. Uh, mind you, Alexa is tracking us. Our phones are listening. You know, we we are being tracked anyway. And if it's yeah. going to save our friends and our family and our colleagues and our community, then I, I think I I think it is worth it. But it doesn't feel good. Neither option feels good. But how does the track and trace app is going to affect business? If someone comes into the salons for example and then all of a sudden someone's track of trace goes off what's the whole salon got shut again no i well i i assume i know from a household perspective i don't know if a salon is a kind of another household probably not but from a household perspective if one person is told that they've come into contact with covid they have to self-isolate but the rest of the household doesn't unless the person develops symptoms and then the whole household needs to isolate. Which makes no sense, really. It makes no sense because we think from the start that we could be asymptomatic and passing it that way. So, what? Yeah, the only good thing is obviously the tests are coming round pretty quick now and the, the turnaround is really quick for them. So it's not yeah. like we're going to have to isolate for 14 days. It might no. just be two or three. Yes, but I mean, even two or three days of cancellations in your diary can play havoc. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. And I think that's going to be us on and off, on and off, on and off for the foreseeable. And that is the question, can your business survive? And it's going to take a pretty strong backbone to battle through this. And I can see why girls are hanging up their lash hats. And you can see why little independent businesses are closing left, right and center, because they they just don't see it as a tenable future for them. And they're retraining, they're doing digital stuff, they're doing jobs that they can do online because that those are going to be the safe jobs yeah I've heard of four salons this week that aren't reopening their doors and I just think it's just such a shame and such heartbreaking times but there's going to be so many more that aren't going to be able to open or open and then close and if this does go on where we have to close again it's just I just think it's going to be the normal that people are closing down yep it's oh. just it's really, really worrying. I'm trying not to worry, but it is worrying when you look at the facts. I mean, yeah, if you if you look down, it's a bit like looking down the barrel of a loaded gun if you really, you know, focus on it. I try not to. Obviously, when we talk about it, it kind of washes over me with like a big sort of rinse of reality. Um, but most of the time I try and keep my head firmly in the sand and just carry on and it's all going to be fine. But I don't know. We don't know. No, and obviously there's no daily announcements, which I never used to listen to anyway, because I try and avoid the news at all costs because mm-hmm. we just go in panic mode. Like I only knew Leicester was locked down because people had told me. Mm-hmm. I was known. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's or not but if there's no daily announcements then how are we going to keep up to date with all this other than just watching the news Mm, 
I know. Well, I don't know how you, I think those, those daily announcements stopped because Boris didn't like being scrutinized and didn't like the tough questions. Um, and it is just, there still going to be announcements every three weeks or has that stopped as well? I don't even know. I've kind of lost track of, of when those, when those happen. And, and actually the last few have been so frustrating. I mean, that last one it was there was so much confusion in our industry alone oh my gosh did you have lots of girls contacting you saying so can we open or can't we and I've seen girls posting saying hey great news I get to open on the 4th of July book in I'm like huh what were you listening to what what have you read because that wasn't in the guidelines that I read no, it's all very confusing. And then when they brought the guidelines out, so obviously we can prepare for when we go back, I thought it was shocking. Obviously, most of it would put in place anyway, but then why are they saying visors, but you don't need masks? Yet you need masks for public transport. Do you know why I decided today that the reason they've done that, this could be complete speculation, I could be way off beam here, but I think they've decided that masks don't work that well anyway they are a bit of a delay tactic but in in terms of a direct hit and it does help a bit but in our business a mask even two masks isn't gonna work that well unless it's the big serious filtration mask but what they can stop us doing with the visor it's not just about a direct hit but it's going to stop you touching your client's face and brushing away a hair from from your yeah. face because it's an actual physical barrier it's so much it's it's a cue isn't it if you ever need to go and touch your face which might happen multiple times and even though you think you're really good at sanitizing your hand you know if you've got a tickle on your face or an itchy nose or something you just quickly need to do it which you could do with a mask on but you can't do with a visor so i just think it's extra protective from that perspective because that does seem to be the key thing the most important thing is that we have clean hands before we touch our face if you've been touching a client's forehead and fiddling around on on their face you could be transferring their germs straight onto your face even with a mask so i think the shield is actually a really good idea it makes sense to me but at first i was like huh what no mask pfizer only yeah definitely it's um i'm still going to make it a thing where clients have to wear masks when they come in anyway just because it just reassures my team a little bit more because some mm. of them are quite anxious and mm. i don't want them to come to work feeling that and i know a mask isn't going to necessarily stop that but it is going to help mm. it's a bit like the barriers at the nail bars like mm. the, the perspex screens they're saying obviously if we don't have to wear if we if we wear shields and we don't need the perspex screens and the perspex screens don't screens screens don't do nothing when you're um for that but it just gives people confidence that they feel a little bit more safer yeah and i think and again, also, yeah. beauty treatments we have to wear masks anyway yeah and i mean i will still be wearing a mask as long as i can and can lash with it with the visor as well and you know it, those first full sets are going to be pretty torturous i was speaking to someone yesterday about maybe doing like doing their their full sets over two days and like doing two 90 minute sessions as a kind of possible idea that could be a complete ball ache but it would reduce the time that you were all breathing in the same air and 
I do think three hours in a shield and a mask and with your client in a mask is going to be pretty hard going. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And then we've got the uh, retention issues to which I think we talked about last time and having to tape it to their face so that they don't get that, that buildup of moisture escaping onto their lashes and shock curing their adhesive. So, yeah, that would be the yeah. last thing you wanted, wouldn't it, Katie? Them ringing like two days later and going, oh, all my lashes have fallen off because you've, you know, there's been like shock curing of the adhesive and then you have to do them all over again. I Is there anything proven on that though? It, lots of lash artists that have already been out there in Canada and America, for instance, have been having issues with retention. And it they brought. And in fact, I spoke to Vilja Bikkelund in um, Norway, and she said that there had been issues as well. And she's actually stopped. Her clients don't wear masks now. She actually she does wear a mask, but yeah, her clients none of them are wearing masks because of the retention issues. So it kind of makes sense. From the, the client wearing a mask. Sorry? So the shock clock curing is from the client wearing a mask. Yes, because if it's not tight to their face, it's escaping and almost funneling straight up through the little gaps and going straight onto their lashes. The moisture builds up in their mask and those moisture droplets just escape from the top of their mask and sit straight onto the lashes. What a nightmare. So yes. we'd have to think about taping the masks down then. Yeah, so I'm going to use the blue tape because it's nice and sturdy and uh, tape, the, uh, tape the mask quite low so that you can still get the under eye pads on and still move them around. So I'll tape the mask on about here so it covers the nose but quite low, just like onto the cheekbones maybe and then the pads above. Yeah, good idea. So... That is an option. But you're right. I think initially anyway, until we're all comfortable and back into the groove, clients are going to feel more comfortable with masks and your girls are going to feel more comfortable with masks. And you are. Yeah, definitely. And over time it will ease, I hope so, (laughs) before the other lockdown starts. But yeah, hopefully over time it will ease and disappear. Yeah, I just really hope so. But now, uh, and I was really hoping that, you know, oh, this, all the protests and stuff in London, it, it's going to turn out that there, were no, there was no big rise in cases and that it wasn't as scary as we thought it was going to be. And therefore, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then Leicester locks down and Texas had an increase of, you know, 5,000 cases in one day. You know, Florida is a complete mess. They're seeing like a second spike slash wave because, you know, possibly because of the protests, possibly because everyone's getting back to normal and all the businesses are open. People are going out to dinner, out to bars. You know, it's going to, we're going to, it's going to, it hasn't gone. No, it hasn't. And it is very contagious. We just have to hope that there are, I mean, there has been that breakthrough. I don't know if you'd read about it, but with the, um, they're having very, a lot of success with a, with a, um, a steroid, which is a, a long existing steroid. It's cheap. It's generic. It's not owned by any of the big drug, drug companies and it's widely available. And they are people that get COVID that it turns into a lung complaint, which was the big scary thing initially. It's really helping with that. And they're getting a lot more people to come off the ventilators. So we just have to pray that there are more breakthroughs like that, which means you get COVID, it doesn't kill you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a scary bit, isn't it? Yeah, and that unfortunately they did say that had they discovered that this steroid worked so well um, before, they we would have had four to five thousand less deaths in the UK. Oh my days! No, but with little moves like that, hopefully, you know, I don't hold out much hope for a vaccine. So for me, it's all about treating it if you get it. Yes, definitely. But lots of kids have been affected in Leicester. They're seeing seeing it with lots of children and presenting mainly under fives with something that resembles a rare condition called the Kawasaki disease. And yeah, kids are getting quite poorly. It's quite and that's oh, the that's, one that's thing what that you thought. Worry everyone, yeah. Won't it? yeah, and that's why they've closed the schools like bingo in Leicester, because they're suddenly they've suddenly got the fear, oh my gosh, it is affecting the kids. Oh my gosh. Well, Lola's back at school now and she has had, they've had two cases in their school. So not wow. enough to break down or anything like that, but they had one case at the beginning of, it was last week now, beginning of last week and then the end of last week. They were in different bubbles of Lola's. So they haven't had to close the bubbles, the as in her bubble, but the bubble that it was in would close down, but no mm-hmm. one else in the bubbles got it other than this wow. one kid and one kid another bubble and how were the kids that got it uh one had no symptoms at all one had a cough and that was it well if he had no symptoms how did they know he had it well this is my question but the school said someone in the in their household got symptoms oh i see so they got them all tested yeah and how did that make you feel with two cases in the school the first week, the first case, I was a bit like, oh God, this is a little bit real and close to home, but I still sent her in. <laughs> um, and then the second case was on a Friday morning, just as we was about to walk out of the, the, the door. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. And I was a complete mess about it. And then I think it's because the first case I heard was in a higher year group. So part of me was like, oh, they were the other side of the mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And then the second case was someone in her year group. So it completely threw me. So we didn't send her in on the Friday and thought, I'm going to wait until see what happens over the weekend. I'm in a group with all their mums, see if, what happens when they get tested. But none of them had it. So I sent her back in on the Monday and there hasn't been anything since. The school have been extremely good at making sure everything's completely separate and shutting things down and doing everything they possibly can. So I think they've done a wonderful job. So I have all faith in them. Yeah. It's just trusting that the parents are sticking with the guidelines that we're meant to stick to Mm. and sending their kids in if they haven't. Yeah. Why do you think there there has been so much confusion in our industry because you must have seen it on the socials people going well are we going back or I'm going back anyway and I don't really know what to make of it I don't really think it was that confusing no well hairdressers can go back nails and beauty will go back shortly after Mm -hmm. which means we cannot open yet until there was a day I don't think it was that confusing we can't open at the end of the day I think it's more devastating that we haven't got a date mm. so for most people we need something to work towards or something to look forward to and we haven't got that so our hope's been taken away from us yes but do you know i think you're... if we have a date get a date mm-hmm. in mind then we all might just be like okay but then are we going to be okay is that date going to go ahead is it not i think they had to keep it kind of uh kind of gray 
as opposed to binary because as you said in the beginning that you felt like it was going to be two weeks they're going they're going to want to see and it's probably three weeks actually for cases to be confirmed and and um diagnosed it's probably more like three than two if it's kind of a 14 day incubation or two to three so they're probably waiting to see what happens with the hairdressers who are similarly positioned although not as close as we are and not for as long potentially um and then also but the pubs and the weddings you can go to a wedding with 30 people and get plastered yeah are you telling me that is safer than us who who are highly sanitized who are going to be wearing ppe and who yeah. are on red alert when you're I not surely come down their decisions come down to the economy they know that people mm. they, they need the, the bars and pubs and whatever to open i think it's come down to that and because it's men suited in suits mm. stuff they just don't realize mm. how important our industry is and also Boris needs a haircut, so that's probably why they're opening. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, that's he, for sure. he would be judged if he'd had a haircut and he hadn't opened the hairdressers. So he had to really, because you can't be prime minister and look like Dougal from the Magic Roundabout. No, and I do think with our industry, there's such a variety of treatments that it's very hard to narrow it down. The mm. beauty industry as a whole is just so different. Is that microblading? Is that cosmetic? Is that lashes? Mm. Is that nails? And every single treatment has different distance, how long you are with a, with a client. I just think it's all waxing. Obviously, you've got intimate waxing. You've got like massaging, facials. Mm. So they're looking at it as a whole. And this industry, I don't think you can look at as a whole as such anymore because they all are so different. Yeah. It's, it's a real difficult one. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. When I, I interviewed someone from a salon in Dubai, and she had two salons, one being in the Ritz. So it's just like like very successful salon. And Dubai spread their treatments out over a period of time so at first only nails and hair could go back and then they introduced waxing and lashes and they've done it all slowly so it's better than nothing mm. but then obviously a lot of people now don't do everything there might only be a lash artist. yeah i wonder if they might do that with us or that's just too much like hard work it's bloody hard work either way it's hard work i think they just need to let us open and i think we use our initiative of what we should do so, for example, for my salon, if we was going to go back, we're bringing all treatments back other than massaging and facials. Ah, oh, okay. So you're not bringing facials back. And that is because? Because the client can't wear a mask. And I know yeah. it's proven that that doesn't really matter. But again, my therapist didn't feel comfortable about them wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So I've just done that. So the staff feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to massaging, but it's just fluids, body fluids and stuff. I can't expect someone to massage someone when we've just gone through a crisis like this. I mean, I might have a different view if I was physically doing it, but when my team are doing it, I'm not going to make them feel uncomfortable. So I'm scrapping them treatments. I'm going to review it every couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, when you're massaging, you've almost got to give yourself up to that client haven't you you've got to put so much of yourself into a massage to make it a good massage that and if you were tense and not feeling the love and not feeling those zen vibes unless it was like a sort of sports massage where you just 
you know, it, it would be really hard. So I do get that. Yeah. So we are scrapping those for the time being and then mm. we'll just view it. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, I hardly dare ask you, but what three things have you done today that you can pat yourself on the back for? No, do you know what? Today I feel like I've got my mojo back a little bit because oh, last week was a little bit of a disaster. The weekend, well, I just drank way too much alcohol, which I never normally do. So <laughs> yesterday I was still bloody knackered. So yesterday I went to bed at 7pm and woke up at half five this morning. Did Lola put you to bed? I went to bed with her, yeah. Is that so I thought, I wake up this morning at half five. I've done my workout, which was an achievement because I haven't done that over the weekend. I have... Hang on. Sorry. I was a bit oh, late yeah. with the bell. Then I had a team meeting with my trainers on our Zoom call, which was really good. And then, oh, I basically launched a mentoring, like group, ment group mentoring session for business owners in the hair and beauty world. And today I filmed loads of footage for it. So I was happy oh, about Oh, wow. You have been busy. I have. So you mentioned your trainers. Mm -hmm. I mistakenly kind of thought mm, naively, oh, I can probably go back to teaching you know before I actually properly thought it through but of course we can't it comes under exactly the same umbrella as you know as beauty we definitely can't what are you saying to your trainers are are they trying to do anything via zoom like maybe do the theory bit just to get people going we're teaching you are so my thing is and I know less people aren't going to agree but to be honest I don't really care because it's my business so no girl <laughs> we and my trainers have come together because it gives them the option if they want to or they don't want to it's completely down to them and we've all come together to say that we are going to carry on our training but it's up to our students if they want to carry on the way that we're doing it covid style or if they want to go back to the old style which hopefully will be august fingers crossed mm -hmm. so our july courses some some students have moved and some students have stayed we're going to do in-house training as we would with our PPE, but just going through manuals and doing training heads. So we're not doing any live models. So then basically we're just having a chat with them face to face to make it a little mm -hmm. bit more real for them. And then because we've got the online courses, which are fully accredited, that's how they'll gain their certification, not through the in-house because right. obviously insurance won't cover it. So they're going to get the online courses as well for free as an add-on bonus for doing it. And then most of ours are straight to volume courses anyway. Their volume course will be done when they can bring the live models back. So they so, will have a live assessment once we're out the other side. Yeah, exactly. So you'll get them kind of classically, if it's straight to volume, you get their classic side of it done this way. <laughs> yeah. And then the volume bit will be taught. So you won't do any fan making or anything online? No, I mean, we have got our online Russian course, so we, we have got that as well. Because at the end of the day, we've got our, our online courses that people will buy in, but there are people that want to come in-house. Mm. So this way, they've just got us there, but they've also got the online course. And then they can either do case studies with the classic and send them back, or we're given the opportunity to come back when everything's up and running to do a live model anyway. Yeah. So they're kind of bending over backwards, so they can yeah, do it. Yeah, that's amazing. Most probably a little bit more difficult for us, but some people 
especially with lockdown, I think it's a great opportunity for those that are learning to do all of that practice in lockdown on training heads or their family members. Yeah, exactly. Get as much practicing as they can before they then go and set up their business. And it means they actually get way more teaching for their money at the end of the day because you're spending much longer getting them through their their qualifications at the end of the day but I suppose it is a way of keeping your students on the hook if you know what I mean rather than losing them at least it means you can get them going which is kind of what I thought so I'm going to do theory online via zoom for girls that want it and then take it from there but at least they have got to the point where they've got their mannequin heads as you say and they've done all their theory and they've kind of got I've got lots of really good classic lash videos so it can kind of get them going yeah definitely because we have the online course I think it's achievable and because again the online course like you have videos and they're close up to see so it's like they're gonna they're physically watching what they would watch face to face anyway it's just giving it that backup and then again because they're accredited at least they can you know gain insurance and it's all above board so that's that's how we're brilliant very good well I mean of course what you don't have when you are with them is you they might be able to see you demonstrating via a video but you can't see what they're doing so that's the bit that you miss so obviously they have to come in for their their live models and assessment do you know what I really noticed though when it comes to my online courses is the students their case studies that they produce and I can't get my head around it I really can't are amazing and I can't figure it out. Like, I'm not lack of pressure. The training's obviously good, but you would think that your in-house ones mm. would be better than your online ones. But I am amazed by my online case studies. I and I do think that. it's because it's just no pressure. They're doing yes. it in their own time. Yes. No one's breathing down their neck. They're, they're able to really take their own sweet time. And if it all goes wrong, they can just start again. Yeah. But yes, it's scary when you've got a trainer standing over your shoulder you know, the hands are shaking and then the more they think, oh, sorry, my hands are shaking. I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, just breathe, relax. It's fine. You know, hands are still shaking. So you're right. Maybe it is lack of pressure. How interesting. Yeah, it really is interesting. It surprises me every time. Brilliant. Well, mm-hmm. we've, 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 I've rambled on again at you. I just um, wanted to know that. So that's very interesting and maybe something for other trainers to consider out there. You're sort of working around the problem. So good for you, Katie. I will speak to you soon, hopefully, and maybe yeah. we might have some news. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for having me again. Until then, stay safe and stay well. And you. Yeah.